1: Well, Matt Meyer and I are on the road for one more date. Seattle, the Showbox Theater. Theater? Well, it's like a rock club, which is like a music theater, not a musical theater. It's a music theater. Uh, So that is on Friday, December 13th. Go to Nerdist.com slash calendar. At Midnight's coming back January 6th. So, I don't know, get emotionally prepared for that? I don't know, come up with a ritual and then get prepared for it. We'll be back January 6th. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by WarbyParker.com. Glasses that go on your face and help you see the world clearly should not cost as much as an iPhone. Uh, Warby Parker has pre- prescription glasses that start at $95, uh, including prescription lenses, Then they have a titanium collection that starts at $145. All the glasses include anti-reflective and anti-glare coating. There's no additional cost for that, and you get a hard case and a cleaning cloth, no additional charge for that as well. They make it super easy, so basically you go online, you find five frames that you like, they'll send them to you, you try them on, and you send back the one that you want, and within 10 days, uh, you will. your glasses will arrive. Uh, and it's super easy. They're super helpful. The glasses look great, by the way. It's actually an enjoyable process for trying on glasses. You don't have to leave your home. They'll send them to you. And if you go to warbyparker.com slash nerdist, which is different. We used to have a promo code. Now there's just actually a URL. Warby Parker, W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R dot com nerdist. You will receive free expedited three-day shipping on a purchase. Now, this does not include the try-on system, but once you purchase glasses, that if you go to that URL, you actually get your prescription lenses and glasses within three days. Uh, so well done them, well done you. Sorry your vision isn't perfect, but, uh, but they'll make it a little more enjoyable. Correcting your vision, where nature totally screwed you over. Thanks, Warby Parker, for picking up the slack where Mother Nature dropped it. That's WarbyParker.com slash Nerdist. This episode of the podcast is our buddy Jordan Boat-Roberts, who uh, I knew from doing TJ Miller's show, Mashup... He and Jonah have been friends for a really long time, and he has an amazing movie that is now on VOD. It's available on Blu-ray, and uh, it's called Kings of Summer. So you should watch that, because Jordan is an incredibly talented guy, and you're going to be seeing a lot bigger things from him in the future. Uh, And he's also just really funny and nice. We do like, I know I say a lot of people are nice and funny on the podcast, but we pretty much just have nice, funny people on the podcast. Pretty much just that. So deal with it. And now, sunglasses that you can't see are coming from the sky and landing on my face. And then I'm pointing at the screen. Uh, Here we go The Nerdist Podcast, number 451, with Jordan Vote Roberts.
2: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: Oh, you are? Hey, I'm usually not the one who asks that question. Usually it's the guest.
0: <laughs> and, so did you guys start recording already? Yeah, oh, like yeah, yeah. We just roll into it. It's kind of what we're doing. You should what? get on. You should get on board. What are you just talking about? Just, just roll into bag.
3: it. Yeah, just just roll into it. Yeah, no. Chris Hardwick okay. on his
0: uh, 500th appearance on the Nerdist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not yet. Oh. You guys will figure it out eventually. I'm going to get the yeah. most, most appearances on the Nerdist podcast. Yeah, I think so. I might have, like, the fifth most appearances. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'll be me, Matt, uh, Tom Lennon, Adam Savage,
0: Corolla, Marin, then you. Because even when I'm here, man, I'm not here. You're not even here. You're You're up there. there. I'm out Uh, just somewhere else, miles (laughs) away.
1: Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Howdy, thanks for having me. Um, So first of all, let me tell you that Mashup was really fun. Oh, yeah. That was essentially your show. <laughs> um, yours, you, you and TJ did that show together, but it was not only was it fun to do, but it looked fucking amazing. The opening credit sequence <laughs> from that show was one of the best opening credit sequences yeah. I've ever seen on any show. Rare do
0: I uh, not fast forward through an opening credit sequence like it's like it's i like usually just kind of once i see it I'm like
3: i got it and go for I record. mean the whole thing with that show is like with comedy central is just saying we should do something that's stylish and weird and with the intro like we just wanted something that if you're flipping the channels you're just like what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, you know, because it's it's pretty much completely unrelated to the show. You know, yep. like we yeah. just we just, it just went out, looks cool. Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. went out to the desert with this only super amazing camera. The only
0: similarity and, is it's in a lot of slow motion. Was yeah, that, was yeah. that like a, was that a red camera? Did no,
3: that know? was a Phantom. Phantom. Oh, so you the
0: Phantom yeah, camera. Yeah. We use the yeah. Phantom on the your uh, the video for all I want for Christmas. The Phantom camera,
3: and you know uh, the guy getting hit with the paintballs. That's me. That's you. Oh, that's you. That was my. I have like a horrifying progression of pictures of like. Me getting hit, and then like ten days later, just like my body still just bleeding and black. Like black and blue. I saw you yeah. like
0: two weeks after yeah. that yeah. at the uh, when uh, Natasha and Duncan were doing those. Cemetery show. Oh yeah, and yeah, like I remember, you were just like, "Yeah, we did this thing." I'd check it out. I was like, "What?"
3: <laughs> it was the worst. For a while, I was just like, I'd be hanging out during the day, and people were like, "Oh, you're bleeding. You're bleeding through your shirt." Uh, well, that's right. <laughs> you know, is my, my my girlfriend Chloe's like, "Oh, have you ever been paintballing?" I'm like, "No, I, I don't like getting hit with things." Yeah. I had never been paintballing before. I had never shot a paintball gun before, and I just kind of like did some basic research to be like, "Will it break a, a rib? Will it like rupture my liver or something?" And they were like, "No, no, no, you'll be fine." But somehow, being an idiot, I completely didn't think about like. Like, oh, bruising, that's a or yeah. scarring. That's a real well, thing in life. also,
0: you were shirtless, <laughs> yeah. which I think these people are thinking of people you're wearing, are wearing like, camo. Yeah, exactly. Like that on Oh, I
1: mean, I assume he's going to be wearing the necessary protective gear. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it won't break a rib. And then you're like, okay, you never go back to that. And the next guy's like, well, I mean, unless you're shirtless. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, he left. Well, nah, he'll figure it no, out. No, no, Is no. That... It'll explode your heart if you, mm. ah, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it <be> just fine.
3: <laughs> Not for, like home. One eighth of an inch—that's the difference between a breaking your heart and yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. no big deal. But yeah. otherwise, <laughs> but it looked awesome. <laughs> yeah,
2: it,
1: it
0: was it good. It was
3: a fun, fun show. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, you guys were both part of it, and like that yeah. was a crazy show. Like you know, we were trying to do so much with so little, and uh, I was really happy with the way both of your things turned out.
0: I was very pleased with. I it. was too. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, fun no. gifts came out of my stuff. Really, I, saw, I found you some got really some fun gifts? gifts. Yeah, as as a performer, that's when you know you made it on the internet. Was <laughs> when someone else makes gifts,
1: as as a performer, it. It's it's just it's it's I guess narcissistically titillating to see something that you just say and wrote down with words actually get visualized, right? And so and just to see someone else translate what they like what
3: you guys picked up in the bit and and what you focused on was fucking great. Well, it's a weird thing because like at its core. The concept is like inevitably hacky, you know, like the idea of like, oh, we'll take a comic making it literal, and, yeah, we'll yeah, it literal, yeah, we'll make it literal. Like we've seen, like you know, there's like Shorties watching Shorties, and, and then there pulp was like Comics, pulp comics yeah. tried that, and like you know, we just wanted to do it in a way that was like a little more stylish and more so just like giving you guys then the freedom to get in that world and like treat the joke like it's a music video. We're like that's that's the core of it. And then, like, you have to add something on top of it that like makes it funnier, you know. Yeah. So, like, finding those weird little moments where like you can laugh at something that's not even a part of your bit at all, and like, it, you know, it's tough to find that stuff. Well, yeah. that's
1: why it's, that's why I always love about doing um, car, voiceovers and cartoons is when you actually see what they do, like how they right. how they and and there are jokes that you ne- oh I didn't even think of that, you know. There's <laughs> yeah. like there's just subtle little things that you know once you start with a performance someone else can come in and see it from an angle that you didn't see it before right. and just find little pieces in there that even that you as the original writer never caught on
3: that's the goal. That's the goal. But it's it's a weird thing for me because, like, you know, these are your bits. Like, these are, these are your livelihood, you know? And so it's a weird thing for me to then come in and be like, okay, so I want to put a clown in your thing. Don't fuck with my art. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. My <laughs> Don't fuck with it. No, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird thing to, Don't like, figure out that translation process. And, like, that's why ideally we wanted it to be collaborative where, like, we could talk about it and, like, think about what's funny and, yeah. like, make shit out of that. But it's it's a weird thing where, like, I'm that jerk just coming in and being like, it's this,
1: it's that, Yeah. You yeah. know what's really funny is that we shot... Um, I I have this bit about uh, that one of the one of bits that we visualized was about um, fuckstack. Was about what the fuckstack, not the (laughs) stack. Oh no, that we did that one. That That, we did that one, but it was also the yeah that was the Ted Nugent bit. But this was also the um, the hotel bit. Oh yeah yeah yeah. about the couple in the next room and there's like the Shakespeare bit to it. And so what was really funny and then you guys made this really awesome like like um, duvet monster. (laughs) Right yeah that um, was great. Oh yeah yeah incredible. But what was funny about it is that we really did shoot it at this kind of dingy motel. That place was the seediest. Which was it was that if you didn't do the weird bed monster. That was the literal translation of the joke. <laughs> this weird, like, oh, there's blood and... You Do you know? remember
3: that motel had, like, weird tiny rooms with, like, tile floors that, like... Yes. It, it was, like, some weird ritualistic kill shit. Yeah, kill rooms. Yeah, kill oh, rooms. Classic kill rooms. Is
0: this on Eorock Boulevard? Somewhere in that it's area? It's right...
3: No, it's right on, uh... Fuck. Colorado? Uh, it's right there. It was right where the production office was. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. You weren't there. There's like that. I, little, by,
0: I lost that, a nice jacket to that production office. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's always it's a, those are always the hotels that you drive by in Los Angeles, and you kind of don't really register until you stop and go.
0: Who the fuck stays right. here? That's, like they're full Los Angeles well, is
1: full of those hotels. Because they're near really they're not really near anything that you yeah, would right. think like, "Oh, you'd need to be in a hotel for that." Well, the
3: other one that wigs me out is right on Alvarado south of Sunset like between the 101 where that new school just went up. There's still like oh, this yeah. shitty motel right there and it's like so they just built this beautiful new public school and then this just yeah. clearly like a prostitute hotel. Where well, are kid, yeah, right kids right supposed there. to get
0: their crack? Well, you know, a, that's, that's a good question. question. Yeah, they're yeah. keeping it out of schools <laughs> and putting it in the motels. Like on Los Feliz Boulevard, right across here from the Roost, there's uh, the Los Feliz Motel. And uh, on the sign, it's just this rundown-looking, shitty thing. But on the sign, in quotes, it says a unique experience. <laughs> that's how
1: they any any motel yeah. that's still advertising color TV is a win.
0: I love that. Yeah. That's what's so neat about that. In color, different colors. Yeah. In yeah. color, HBO. Yeah, what? HBO. Yeah, yeah. Home box office. <laughs> yes. It's
1: like the movies <laughs> in my home. <laughs> it's exactly.
3: A home I'm renting. I hope today. you want to see your episodes of Dream On. <laughs> They're just gonna wise up and start advertising Netflix at one point, and then then it's. Constantly. I'm watching. Yeah. You can yeah. watch
1: Game of Thrones while you're getting Hep C. <laughs> you
3: can watch the big C
1: while you're getting hep C. <laughs> Come on. I'm just
0: trying to... You got to cut out the Game of Thrones one so it seemed like he got yeah, it right. Yeah, that. You know. Can you visualize that? Yeah, yeah you you no know, problem. Let me, let me get on it. Not a, not can you visualize
1: that? Deal. You want to visualize that on me? You can
0: visualize that. Uh, but that came... That the mashup stuff came... Well, there was you did the special, which was like a pilot, but an arable pilot.
3: Yeah, that was like a weird thing where it was like... Uh, that whole show, because that was based on shorts that me and... Kumail and Hannibal and those blurreds. guys were all blurreds yeah we were doing that shit back in Chicago and uh and then there was just this long long process of like we sold it to Comedy Central and like it was this thing that like it was just a passion project for everyone so like it just took forever and then we made this special that was kind of like a backdoor pilot and that's why I like shot myself up with paintballs because I was like okay like we have one chance at this like let's do something crazy like let's make it look crazy and like let's just you know the whole pitch was like you've seen stand-up over and over and over again on Comedy Central and all these places. Like, let's make it look different. You know, yeah. like, let's give it like texture and, and a style and a vibe. And uh, and so we shot that, and then they picked it up, and we did a full season. Did you life. do stand up ever, or
1: were you like no. the
3: a comedian's director friend? Yeah. I, well, I was just in Chicago, and I was like the baby. You know, like I I was going to school out there, and I was making like weird documentaries and shit about like serious <laughs> issues about like women in prison and things like that. And uh, and then somehow, <laughs> yeah, really funny yeah, yeah. stuff, great stuff. <laughs> Uh, And then this local, like, alt-comedy venue asked to show a short that I'd made randomly. And then I went... Showed that short, and then I got hooked up with a bunch of comedians, and we just started making shit, and then uh, that just changed my life. And that was, and I was, uh, just, that drinking, was, like... and I was just drinking to like five every day in Chicago <laughs> with a bunch of comedians. But it was, uh, it was a uh, you know, TJ Kumail
0: uh, Bronger Bronger Kinane, Kinane. Uh, uh
3: Jared Logan, uh, Mike Bridenstine, yeah, uh, uh, Hannibal Mike Burns. Burns, Hannibal. Like it was a crazy because in Chicago a Dad time, Boner dad boner yeah. isn't in, Ch- in chicago like it's it was amazing because you know it's not like la it's not like new york where like you know we've talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit like starting in la as a stand-up to me is crazy it is you know because you're you're I like you're, you're falling on your face publicly in front of everyone like chicago is just a place where like people are doing comedy for the sake of comedy you know like they're doing it because they love it and they want to hone their craft and there's not like no one's like oh what agent or managers in the audience yeah. like, they're just doing it because they love it and here in New York, it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was just—I just started making shorts with those guys, and uh, I never did stand up. I have no desire like—I'll do like storytelling shit here and there, but like I'm not a stand-up mm-hmm. comedian. I've never tried. Um, no desire. What's the dad boner bit? Oh no, dad boner is uh, just
0: is, his dad uh, gets uh, a boner uh, every Twitter. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mike Burns's a uh, uh, Twitter character that like uh, like is like just this like. Shitty dude, it's always like you know tweeting throughout the the week. It's like get ready for the weekend, guys. Oh. And he has this roommate that's always getting too wasted, and and he uh, he like he got it such blew a following. It blew yeah. up like Anthony Bourdain started like retweeting him all the time because he, he had, had all these follows. weird
3: recipes and like it's yeah. just this like fictionalized oh, dad really in funny. Michigan. Yeah, okay, good. And um, yeah.
0: he ended up releasing a book called Power Moves, <laughs>
3: um,
0: and now like him and Bronger and. Uh, a yeah, couple other guys. Tour. They all go on tour as Dad Boner. Oh, that's and really funny. It's, it's really, really funny. Okay, here. good.
1: Because yeah. I've, I've been, I've been working on a bit about Mom Boners.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to make sure I wasn't treading on. Yeah. No, no, Dad Boner is just like at Dad Boner. I highly recommend. Following oh, okay. It. Well, yeah. ma-
1: a Mom Boner yeah. is basically just like, in a, it's like an emotional experience that your mom. Like, if you, I'm, I'm trying to compile the list, but essentially, like, if you call your mom at two in the afternoon and just go, "I was just thinking about you," oh, mom <laughs> oh that's nice. You know, it's just like anything. You know, like yeah. go looking at baby pictures like because my, my mom finds these, I don't know where she every couple months I'll, she'll just text me all these pictures that I've never seen in my life of me yeah. and I don't know where they I, first of all I don't know why she's been stockpiling them yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing the bit right now I'm just telling you oh yeah no I'm listening. Um, uh, but I feel like I'm doing a it sounds like I'm doing a we're bit we're just talking we're friends um, alright yeah, sir please uh, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: remember my first beer why are you oh, taking it? seriously <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve uh, yeah.
1: Um, so uh, yeah so it's just like the, there's all those kind of things I was trying to compile a list of like mom boner things yeah but, I said it once at a show and the phrase is just it before even people before I can even get to them like what the concept is, the phrase is so off-putting that it might it might be a it might be a DOA bit where it's just yeah, like mom, mom boner's is funny, not off putting boner's on.
3: pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's safe. Yeah. Okay.
0: My mom gets a boner when she gets to call me and tell me about a relative that I didn't know that died. <laughs> <laughs> that's my mom boners.
1: <laughs> that's sort of like Maria's Mom, you know, just like, that there's always like the horrible news on the answering sir, yeah. on the answering machine <laughs>
2: hey yeah.
1: oh and you remember the man from the next door well his wife got cancer like <laughs> there's always okay. Boy. Um, so uh when did you when did you finally move out to los angeles
3: i've been out here for like seven years okay. so uh yeah there was like a big exodus like all in chicago at the same time a bunch of us went to la a bunch of us went to new york flowers got and, a bloom uh, hey man flowers got a bloom you yeah. gotta let it go I can't uh, grow in the wintertime in Chicago i tell you that much <laughs> nothing bro. can nothing grows in the winter in Chicago <laughs> that's uh, that's the worst except for darkness darkness and Thinking drinking problems. until 4am yeah, yeah so yeah. like that's, right now that's right all you now, do. I don't
1: know what the temperature in Chicago is but right now in Los Angeles on this day which I believe is November 14th November 14th. 14th it's like 90 degrees, 90 <laughs> degrees outside yeah. well
3: and, and the worst thing about LA is like I feel like we're so spoiled here that you forget. Like every time the seasons actually change, you forget it's actually going to get cold, and then it does, and you're so spoiled. That you're like, "This is the coldest I've ever been." Yeah. Like, I grew up in Michigan, yeah. and by the time it actually gets cold here, because like you don't, you know, you don't take a jacket out with you, and then it gets cold at night. You're like, ah. Oh, but you is get thin skin
1: here really fast. You get used to yeah. it. You get yeah. used to it. from
0: the Chicago area, and she like if it's. You know, seventy degrees. She's like, it's so fucking cold in the house. <laughs> yeah, you get spoiled. Right. Fifty degrees in Los Angeles is like is like
1: fifteen degrees in uh, a city back east. I yeah. think it's, it gets really. Really, this is a bad line of conversation because people are going to <laughs> have to tell us to fuck off. Like some poor guy is like in the upper peninsula right now of Michigan and there's a goddamn
3: ice forest outside his house. And I'm like, if it gets down to 50, you guys. That's fine, though. Honestly, the Gore-Tex. If, if you're up in some cabin or in the middle of nowhere, that's fine. But like in Chicago, it's the worst because it snows. You got the wind. And then, and then, it, and then it turns to sludge. And so you're legitimately just walking around a city in like black goo. And you're getting yeah. hit in the face with ice rain. Is someone throwing ice rain at you? Yes,
0: the wind is throwing it in your face. (laughs) The wind is throwing... The wind sounds like a piece of shit. It is a piece of shit. a piece of shit. It fucks up the planes. It fucks up people. It fucks up... My hair? Yeah, it
3: fucks up your hair. Yeah, you can't go out. Look at your locks these days. You got long hair. I know. What are you doing with it? Let's talk about it. This is 2004 (laughs) hair. I don't know.
0: It's just one of those... You grow your hair out all the time. Sure. I just don't... I haven't thought about it. It just hasn't been on my mind to go get it cut. So I just haven't. That's really... It, the, it
1: looks good. You got these locks right now. Yeah, I'm getting some locks going. When um, Kings of Summer first came out, Jonah was like, you fucking... You can't, find, can't even... Tell. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking movie. It's great. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's, it's
0: a fucking... great movie.
1: You, It's... How long of the process... Like, when did you... Obviously, you probably... You know, this is something that you always wanted to do. But when did you make the
3: jump? Like, when did you... To features or what? Yeah. During... Dur- during mash Mashup was the craziest period of my life because, like... It, for whatever reason it just Kings of Summer it was called Toy's House when I won it I won it a year before that and it was supposed to shoot well during the production of Jonah's Arcade yeah yeah. Yeah. oh did you do Jonah's Arcade yeah well I got fired from it (laughs) (laughs) let's talk
0: about it it was a horrible show in production and we can say that now because everyone that worked on it from Comedy Central is now gone oh really yeah yeah I don't Uh, know if that's actually true (laughs) most like Jack and uh, Seth are not there anymore who else worked on it that tried to give well, us... Well, I mean, the
3: higher-ups were still there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. These yeah. yeah. are the guys that make all the decisions and control your life.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was... Uh, yeah, like, he was He was directing the sh- uh, show, and then, like, everything... There was a bunch of other people trying to... They started freaking out, and then they started trying to toss the blame over. And then, like, it was just... Uh, and then Jordan, uh, who shouldn't... You shouldn't have been directing it, because it was, like, a magazine TV show.
3: Yeah, but, you know, like, I'm just a big gamer, so for me, yeah. I was, like I like, you know, Kumail... And Jonah, that like permutation was like, look, if there's a shot that there can be a show that actually doesn't like pander or patronize to gamers and actually like speaks to them and is also funny to a broad audience, like this is the team to do it.
0: Yeah, and And we started to do that, and then what happened is the notes started coming in where they were saying for a while make it specific, and so we're all making these really interesting kind of sketch ideas and jokes and like a lot of stuff that would have utilized Jordan's abilities, and then it just became.
3: Just like, like brought in and, it and out from yeah, your like make him sound like an X Man. Like illegit- yeah. We're trying to use yeah. Jordan's abilities. Yeah. To yeah. 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 It legitimately was like referencing Donkey Kong at that point. And it they were saying like two deep. inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two inside. We had like a Mike Tyson's punch out joke, and they're like,
0: "You housewives aren't going to get this. We're like housewives don't play fucking video games. It's not for them." <laughs> well, some of them do, but, but maybe not like, Mike the, but like the idea is like it's like not in, not everybody has to like everything you know it's yep. a it the, the idea that you know people that want to be loved by everybody i think that's kind of weird I don't, I don't want to be loved by because if you're loved by everybody you're gonna have a lot of fucking weirdos love you and you don't want that tom hanks well, is loved by everybody i just think i just think in, in a lot of cases if you're
1: loved by everyone then you're then you might be a little bland bland because your message is right. you know but, yeah but you know at the same time you know i mean i don't think it necessarily has to be that way i just think that a lot of times it is that way because now you're getting into, like, lowest common denominator theory. Right. Yeah. Um, well,
3: but that's I think that's, like, true with everything, right? Like, with movies, with music, with everything. Like, we're in this phase where I feel like people want to make content that's so, like, rounded off that it's accessible to everyone. But as soon as you do that, that just removes character. Like, the sharp yeah. edges and things are what I think people respond to. Like yeah. Well, you you
0: got to have, like, a, a, a reaction to, right. like, art in, in any right.
3: form. But I even think about, like, old, like, Disney movies and shit. Like bambi or like dumbo or like those movies like those fucked with you because there was weird shit in those yeah weird weird shit shit in those movies crazy sad yeah and you remember them like that's what you remember as a kid and like i don't know everything's just like so homogenized that like if if you're accessible to everyone then to protect everyone from everything now which is
1: not possible yeah but so jonah's arcade not only not only did emotionally you get
3: crushed by that but you also broke your arm
0: broke my arm (laughs) uh it was my fault you know
3: it was i it was I just, was very uh careful of you that day. I yeah. asked you many many times if yeah. you were gonna be okay I actually <laughs> love I love the way that that turned out yeah that, it was great the way it turned was out cool yeah um but yeah. yeah it was that was rough.
0: what's funny about that too is that okay. the no no it's good now, but it can makes... You, can what, you, Touch yeah, yeah. Hey, was, there you go. Yeah, look at that. Totally uh, fixed. Like it was like for months afterwards, like this is the furthest I could get my hand on my shoulder, oh, which is like, like, like barely, fucking yeah. like ten inches. Yeah. Um yeah, it was it was brutal and you know, it was like stressful and the sun was starting to move. We were in this little cove, like this little tiny valley. So immediately when we we're like, all yeah. right, it's perfect for lighting, and then oh shit, hurry up. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 it was the worst possible location. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it really was. And and so and it was uh, you know, it was a real like there was a three camera uh. thing. It we're all gonna and I, I'm going through it. I did it twice or three times. I think you did it three times. Yeah. So the first time I, I think did it, you did it two and a half times. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so the first time I did it, and then like I did it again, and then uh, this time I was like, well, you know, I'll, like uh, the whole idea was I was gonna be really bad at it, so I felt a fall coming, so I just took the fall, and I ended up just landing on my arm. Ah! Yeah, and then I just feel it just go, you know, that little just ah! that that thing, and then you. In the, in, the, in the actual finished product, you see me get up and just limply try to finish the, the thing. <laughs> Why can we put that in a web soup? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Uh, and then I remember, like, the worst part was, it's like, you know, so it got, it was, it like, it, it swelled up. And then, uh, you know, we were just like trying to put ice on it, and someone was like, "Oh, here's an ice pack." And I think like Brad or somebody like passed me an ice pack, and I put it on my arm. But the ice pack was old, and it, it was one of those chemical ice packs, oh. <laughs> and it was old. And there was like I was like ah ah, and then there was it was leaking all this like oh, chemicals no. onto my arm, <laughs> and then every, and then I felt bad because I felt I you know you just kind of like well I you was, did kind for everybody. I did, and, 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 and then the next day, Jonah's
3: arcade in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And
0: Jonah, then the next Jonah's day we arcade. had to do the uh, people get
3: hurt and they cry.
0: Yeah, the next day we had to do the uh, the first part oh. of that. Bit. Right, right, right. So, in, And even like in the pile, the whole thing of me on camera, it's like you see my hand in my pocket the entire time yeah. or it's always kind of like, crooked. And they're like, could you gesture with your other hand too? Like, no, no, <laughs> not, not going to. But in the end, it
3: wasn't anything that I really enjoyed. And, no, uh, that show yeah. we started on such a high being like, we've got such a great team, we yeah. can do this, and then just slowly it began. Slowly it
0: just, you know, etched away. It just like uh, nothing we wanted to really do or be a part of. That's yeah. okay,
3: cause but, you got a new show going
0: on. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: we got a new show. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so it was during his show that I got the call that I won the movie, and it was supposed to shoot well before that. And then I, for whatever reason, <laughs> this situation happened where the TV show mashup and my movie were going to happen at the exact same time. And so I was able to separate them enough, but the post-production of mashup overlapped with the the pre-production of my movie. And so I was working... And those are, like, full-time jobs in, in, in themselves. You know, and those are, like, the two biggest projects and opportunity in my life and these things that I love. And so it was just this totally insane period of my life where I think I deleted really important childhood memories and <laughs> Just <laughs> to make space. Yeah, just yeah, to make space. that ram. Yeah. Like, I used to have a great memory, and I think I... I during that period of my life, I think I just shot my short-term memory. It's gone now. Like, I can't, I can't remember anything. And so... Uh, I was just doing double duty on the show and the movie, and then immediately, when we were still posting the show, I was in Ohio prepping the movie. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, was... it was crazy.
1: And was it uh, was the experience of jumping to a feature, was it f- more daunting than having to work on a TV show where you're having to assemble a, m- a bunch of different pieces, or was it nice to just work on one linear
3: story? <laughs> uh, you know, it's weird, because I feel like directors put a lot of... Pressure on themselves about, like, oh, what's my first movie gonna be? You know, like, Orson Welles made Citizen Kane in his 20s, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, all the, you run through all these permutations of, like, what's your first feature gonna be? How are you, like, you know, wh- where's it gonna stack up? Is, is it gonna be okay? Is it gonna be great? You're like, thinking about the grander you gonna, story. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of your about career. the grand, yeah, you, you yeah. can't help but, like, run all these scenarios in your head. And luckily, because things were so crazy, and you wonder, like, what is what is making a movie like? Is it that much different? <laughs> but because things were so crazy on, those show, on the show and doing both of those at the same time, I just didn't even have a chance to think about that. I was just like, the only thing I can do right now is hunker down and do my job. And so I didn't even have time to, like, run those scenarios. And I remember turning to my DP one day on, like, at the end of the first day of shooting, I was like, "Holy shit!" we're on the first day of our movie, like it just it just <laughs> happened, you know. Like instead of being like, "Oh my god, oh my god," like not being able to sleep before, like I slept like a baby the night before because I was so exhausted from both things, he's, you know. And like, your
0: DP is Ross.
3: Yeah, Ross Rigby. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Yeah, great. he's he's just a solid dude. He's actually in your bit and yes. the mashup. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so.
1: We were talking to um, we, uh, we had Christopher Lloyd on the podcast yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, and he, oh. was, and he was awesome. And we and I was saying that to me, it's the idea of directing. Sounds so shitty.
0: Was that the Christopher Roller podcast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you yeah. asked him if he had ever thought about it like, no, yeah. no.
1: To me, the, the process sounds so shitty because you ultimately are the. Um, you're essentially this the center point of right. everything. Right. All the studio people and all the actors and all the crew. And, like, it's your kind of vision that you're carrying out, but you also have to be the political side sure. and deal with everything and answer all the story questions. And it just.
3: It sounds like a huge pain in the in the, in the the dick, to be honest. I mean, I feel like being a stand-up is pretty fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that's a... I feel like to become a stand-up... No, like fuck you, good- you're crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you're fuck by you yourself, man. though.
3: Yeah, but I still feel like... And maybe this is... Look, we're all in this business, so there's something that's, like, clearly all wrong with uh, all of us. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like... To be a good stand-up, I feel like everyone has to go through that period where they just get broken down. Like, any good stand-up I know has gone through that period of, like, just hitting rock bottom before they can come <laughs> I'm they in can a city that up. I
1: don't know. The shows are not going great, right. and
3: I'm alone, <laughs> and I'm giving everything. Yeah, yeah, but... But all the things that you're saying are the things that I love. Like, I love being in that center point and like, cause it's a collaborative process, you know? So you ideally surround yourself with good people and people that you trust and you like and you can't all the time. So then it's a process of navigating that and inevitably you end up working with people who sometimes make your life more difficult than it needs to be. Cause look, like making movies is not easy and it's also not always fun. And I don't think it needs to always be fun as long as you're working with people that you at the end of the day respect, you know, like, set is crazy shit and for me like some of my favorite things come out of the moments when everything goes wrong and then you have to like I think the best filmmakers are the guys who like in the moment when like something's completely wrong or location falls through or you're losing light and you fell behind in that like 10 minutes how do you rethink an entire scene you know, like on the, on the pilot we just did, like, you know, we were trying to be really ambitious and like we had a big location move that we completely fell behind on. Yeah. And so then it was like, OK, all this coverage that we planned, we need to completely rethink this way now. And like, I think the best filmmakers are the guys that are able to think on their, on their feet and make something better because of it. Do you think that
0: you have that ability uh, from like hanging out with comics and kind of because you're, you know, you can riff along with any comic and you have these improvisational uh, skills right uh, do you
3: think the like having that background or having that your brain does that or, allow you to improvise as a filmmaker I don't I don't know if it's from hanging out with comics like I think that me you know me and my friends when we were growing up like we weren't out partying we were like playing video games in someone's basement like mm, chip. eating chips and you know cracking jokes yeah, yeah. um in that and, order? And, uh, yeah exactly that, that exact <laughs> order um But look, I think improv in general is just a life skill. You know what I mean? It just teaches you to, like, fail boldly, fail bravely. You know, like, Mark Jackson and I just started a a nonprofit back in Detroit that, like, the whole aim is to bring improv into public schools. Really? Yeah, this is, like, the the second year we're doing it. Oh, shit. Uh, And and it's not about teaching kids, like, hey, you can be a performer. It's just, like, improv is a life skill. It just teaches you to, like, go into the unknown. And Mm -hmm. I think that, the like, and that's, I don't know, to me, I think the best part of this business, right, is, like, because by the time we've all done things that like at one point seemed inconceivable you know like I would have murdered someone eight years ago if they were like do you want to do a TV show and a movie at the same time You know, but then you get there and you're like oh my god what is happening but you gotta kill this guy and you can't ask why
1: (laughs) you have to push the button on this box someone that you never (laughs) will have to see will die
3: (laughs) let's talk about Southland Tales (laughs) Um, yeah no but it's uh, I'm sure hanging out with comics like has reinforced that idea, but yeah. like that's just something kind of been built into my DNA just from middle school and being a dork, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and riffing with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what are you, what are you playing right now, game wise? What are you playing? Uh, I'm really weird about my games right now, where like I, uh, because I just like, I'm such a gamer, it, like it, I get really bored if it's the same experience. Like the new Batman game came out and it looks great, but like I feel like I've played that before, you know. And like so, all the games that I'm interested in are like weirder. Like I think Journey is like Mm -hmm. a work of art, you know. And like I'm more interested in stuff like that right now than uh, like these big. Like I I, I don't, I can't play Call of Duty anymore. You know what I mean? So. Oh, the new yeah, Yeah, the guy just got the, um,
1: I just got the new Call of Duty, but I haven't even. I I still. I'm probably the most excited. about I, I am the type of person that can play the same stuff over and over and over again. So, like, you know, I'll, I'll play one game. Like, if I'm in a, if I'm in an open world game, I'll just play it for a year. Because right. like I just like. See,
3: I can't do open, open world stuff. I can't. I can't mess with that. Does it just
0: feel like there's too much to do? I like a game to tell me where to go.
3: Well, it also like I don't know. I like Kumail and I get into this all the time because like I don't like the Grand Theft Auto games because you like, can't not like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Uh, the, the voice was great. The pronunciation of Kant, and also it exa- it's exact. I've heard him say that exact <laughs> the same, same thing. Line. I know. I was. You
2: cannot like that. You know what
0: just happened? I blacked out for a second. I think yeah. Kumail was hearing yeah. you somewhere in the world. Your sideburns did get bigger when you said that. <laughs> Emily, hang on. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then uh, just phew. No, but like the new one, I think is. Uh, I hear it's great. But like for the for the longest time, I felt like those games were just. Every mechanic was broken. Like the shooting mechanics were broken, the driving mechanics were broken. Everything was broken about it. But I had this like really edgy story that people were like, "Oh, cool!" Like they say the n-word, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and, like and I just I never got into it. Uh, and so open world games, like I think I do need like a cool like a narrative drive. Well, I'm, uh, I'm just I'm super excited about the Bioshock D- uh, DLC that just came out because I love um, I love that you love, love your Bioshock love love love, love. love it a lot. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get into that stuff either. Uh, I'm excited about there's like all the games I'm excited about are so far off. Like the new Metal Gear, I think is interesting.
1: Well, would you ever want to? Would you ever want to adapt a game to a movie, or do you think that shouldn't be touched?
3: uh, No, in fact, like one of the the next movie I'm trying to do is an adaptation of a game. Hmm, Then the answer is yes. (laughs) Doctor Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Mario is the one. Do it. It's the one.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a great idea. So, uh, basically, uh, we've cast Sam Rockwell to play <laughs> Dr. Mario. <laughs> uh, and he's going to stand I, at the bottom of this tower, all yeah. this different medicine going to Sam I, Rockwell and anything, I'm buying it. Dude, Sam <laughs> Rockwell is fucking Mario? That would be.
3: You've yeah. got I'm into it. You've, I'm into it. I honestly think the first Mario movie is a really fascinating it's, movie. Like, it's, it's so crazy. insane. Yeah. And it's just it's so insane to be like, okay, here is this game. And this is like the. I just want. I want to see like a documentary about the process of them saying like, "Oh, this is what the movie should be."
1: Now, was you know, that like, the fo- was that was that Bob Hoskins' follow up to
0: Roger Rabbit? Uh, Hook was, I think. I think Hook came after Roger Rabbit, and then it was maybe the Super Mario Bros. You know, movie.
1: You know what we should?
0: Well, well, we can talk about the Super Mario movie in a second.
1: But now I'm just having this idea. I know you don't have time, but I feel like something. And I'll totally bankroll this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we should
0: uh, Chris, the mortgage! <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't talk to me about
1: that. Um what we I think it'd be really fun to do uh like indie interpretations of video games. Of essentially like of like you know, like taking uh, Mario Brothers or taking something and casting like a Sam Rockwell and casting. Now I don't you know,
0: wanna I don't wanna be comedy cops here, but I think I've seen that indie version of a of a Mario yeah. Brothers movie.
3: What you did? Yeah, I, I have, have seen that one. I've yeah. seen Indie Mario.
0: Yeah, I yeah. didn't see it. Remember, Chris? Anything? you I think, think it was of, like a some mom, some Someone's already done no. and poorly, yeah. so you just still can't even touch. No, it. no like, not it was always like mumblecore Mario. Yeah, it was wasn't like a mumblecore it? Mario yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God uh, damn but it. back to uh, back to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, it's it, it thinking about it now, it is like a Doctor Who episode. It is a little yeah. It's I, like because like there's a whole world of people, and there is a the, what's the uh, the lizard people that uh, had uh, Earth before humans took over in Doctor Who the Silurians? Yes, that's essentially what they they are. They were all formerly lizards, and they yeah. So, so the 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 idea being
1: that we evolved from apes, and they evolved from from lizards. Like, yeah. They evolved from fish lizards, and, yeah. And
0: then certain people evolved from mushrooms, I think, right? And uh, fungus. <laughs> the Trust the fungus. fungus. That's where I a fungus, little. You know,
1: I I always. Um, the parallel universe storyline is is usually my least favorite mechanism in anything because I feel like it's a uh, That's a hard one to do. It's just too convenient. Uh, it's just too convenient of a of, of a of a, stru- a plot structure. Right. Like, oh, there's this other and it's just like but then there's the, <laughs> yeah.
3: you know, like it's never that's never my favorite device. Right. Um, it's hard to pull off because you like in theory if you want a parallel universe, like I want to know where things split and how that affected everything. Yeah, And like I've I've read great novels and sci-fi novels that do shit like that but like you have an entire book to just like give all of these like little details that are world building like i don't it's tough to do that in a movie or tv yeah. show so you pro- it just doesn't feel like a gimmick so you're so i assume you can't talk about whatever it is that you want to do no i can't Fuck. uh but it's uh i just i really honestly believe uh that games haven't been adapted properly yet because a filmmaker who actually grew up on games hasn't made them. Would you say that it's our final fantasy in filmmaking? (laughs) Would you Um, say that... To make the right game, you need the secret of mana. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Are you thinking about getting into a
3: noir geo?
0: <laughs> would you say that it's something stretch? Neo might be our It might be our, it might be our
3: um, would it would final it, fight, but it is certainly yeah. not our final. Would
1: fight. Would it poke a man's heart?
0: <laughs> the to it So had enough. what? <laughs> President's daughter's been kidnapped by ninjas. We gotta go. <laughs>
1: Okay, is it Sega Golf? Or are you making the film version of Sega Golf? Uh, <laughs>
3: I'm actually just merging all the golf games into one. Yeah. one Avengers movie.
1: <laughs> Tiger Woods, 2001 to uh,
3: 2014. Uh, Golden Tee, Tiger Woods, Mario Golf, Buck Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Buck
0: Hunter's in there for some reason. Um, someone should make a Buck Hunter video game.
3: Just a, a, a torture porn.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it's just one guy. You shot a doe.
3: <laughs> uh, no, but like games have totally rewired like even in mashup there's a ton of weird video game stuff and in my movie like the soundtrack was designed to feel like a zelda score you know because i felt like kids these days haven't gone on real adventures the closest thing to an adventure they've gone on is like a video game so the soundtrack in my movie has this like subtle eight-bit uh theme to it and i like games have just rewired my brain and that's how that's how i think when i see things like i think of video games and i just feel like you need a filmmaker to come into a game adaptation who understands that and understands that it like it's a sandbox. I just know? think
1: the problem. The, I think that the challenge can be. It's hard enough to adapt a book because people, people have an internal, uh, like they have their own their own sort of movie that plays in their head mm-hmm. when they're reading a book, and they cast it the way they cast it, and they see it the way they see it. But so that I feel like that's hard enough but with a video game it's so much more interactive and everyone's experience can be a little even more unique so how do you how do you as one person tell a story from that point of view and so
3: like I've been because I've been talking to the people about this specific movie for a while I I break it down like look there's an active experience and a passive experience and I think the first thing is like ultimately acknowledging that we're being fed a false narrative on the Power of storytelling in video games right now because if you took out the active experience if you took any storyline from any video game without your actual input and the like the feelings that it's eliciting from you that does that doesn't hold water to like even a B Hollywood movie generally <laughs> it doesn't like we're, we're being fed this narrative of like oh like video game storytelling's there but like it's not you, you, you forget because you're actively involved in that experience that it, that, you, that, that it is but I don't think it is and so I think it really is about Finding a filmmaker and f- assembling a team who understand how to tap into like the core emotions of what those games elicit from you. Like when you play Bioshock or something, like what 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 feelings does that actually elicit from you? And then how do you translate those feelings into a game? Well, I have a boner for a girl. It turns out is my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, uh, yeah. I can I, we can translate that. It's called That's called a crass boner. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. what? <laughs>
0: It's not. It's not shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut, up.
1: shut up. Yeah, but it is it, but I feel like it uh you know, it it is really hard to it, that's funny coming at it from that way of like what's the experience people are trying to get at of it rather than what most people do, which is to take the most superficial qualities from a you video You can't game. you can't
3: take the story and you have to treat it as a sandbox cuz like if you take just the story and the characters like it's I don't think There's really that much to latch onto, you know. I don't think, like, there's very few video games that just really would perfectly translate like that, you know. And it took a while with comic book movies to figure out how we crack that code and how you tap into, like, the specifics of that type of genre storytelling. And finally, we've started to figure it out. Granted, we're still, like, too obsessed with origin stories and we can't get past that idea. But, like, you know, I think it's about really tapping into, like, what those games make you feel, you know, like... Well, either, um, I don't want to give examples because you know, I'll just start talking about the specific movie. So,
1: well, like, like I mean, <laughs> well, you know, like, like Bioshock or Portal, 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 and Portal Two. Portal Two, I think, is one of the best written things ever. Those must yeah. have been
0: optioned, right? There must well, be some guy well, trying what's to What's interesting is yeah. Valve.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, like those guys. Their first their stance valve was like we don't want anything to do with movies; we want to replace movies and valve had this like really staunch stance on it, but like uh abrams, JJ and Del Toro abrams and- just like made some deal with them where they're going to try and start making with Gabe. and when Gaben when Gabin was on our podcast, he said
1: you know we would be interested in doing movies with the just the right opportunity right. would have to come along and yeah. then a few months later, I think at the yeah it was at the I think it was actually at the dice uh, at dice they um uh, they had the panel together yeah. where they yeah. announced JJ and Gabe that they were going to start doing. Well, so and
3: those good. guys are really smart. You know, like the Portal games are just really well written. Like those are great characters. Like the, there's a great tone there, but like it's still, you know, it's still wrapped up in the ultimate active experience of playing that yourself. Would you rather have a game that
1: had a rich world, or do you think you could make a narrative out of something like? I mean, this is in the extreme case, but something like Adventure for Atari, where it was basically just a dot and a and an arrow and a dragon
3: and a castle. Well, that's look, that's obviously the most broad idea but like but also I will say like what did adventure make you feel when you were a kid? You know, like you felt something greater than just those dots, you know. And so then it's like like granted, like the brand name of adventure doesn't mean anything, but like what is the movie that had those core experiences of like you felt like you were exploring this place and running through this castle and trying to slay this dragon like that's interesting but you know no you can't just take like adventure is not like we got it guys we, yeah. plug it in. I we got the blockbuster plug in the, plug i do it remember in. i do remember being a kid and 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 understanding
1: that even though it was, it was so brilliant the way that it was presented because so, uh, bless you Or science. Bless you. Science. What's what's
0: happening to you? Science. Science.
1: I just want to protect your soul from escaping your body, so the Lord is going to stuff it back into your brain.
0: Namaste. Okay. Um.
1: (laughs) Coexist. See, I took the C from this and then As the minister
0: Um, of the Universal Life Church, I don't condone it. But, you know,
1: Adventure was essentially the same two screens or three screens over and over again. And it was just different colors. And you knew that the farther on the game, you got like, oh, now you're in the black castle. Right. The, you started the yellow castle. But the, There's a red dragon!
3: Right. Like it was <laughs> all just, basically
1: just using those colors to... Uh, give you the experience of like you're going deeper and right? de- you know going yeah. deeper and deeper
3: yeah I mean all those early Atari games like that's one thing but like you know Zelda is not that different from a uh, Adventure ultimately and like you know when I played that as a kid like it just there was a world in front of me like I felt yeah. like I was exploring even though like you look at that game so now, it's a Zelda movie then no okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just keep guessing. Yeah. um but like you know, it, when you talk about abstract things like that, like I do think something like Journey, like granted that game company that made it probably hates the idea of there ever being a movie of something like that. But like that game made me feel crazy things, like that. That's a, an incredible hour. You've played it, right? No, you haven't played Journey. No, have you played Journey?
1: Yeah, I have. Because well, I yeah,
3: I hosted the I hosted the Dice
1: Awards this last oh. year where they won. You know, like right, the, the, they won the big uh, right the big award one of one of the big awards and um, it uh, yeah it, it's basically you there's no talking in it and you basically are just you're just going on a journey you're just kind of gliding and it you run as into you go people along, and, oh
3: neat. it's it'll take an hour of your life to play and it is, is it it's like touching yes yeah, and PS3. it's it's gorgeous oh, it's don't. beautiful stunning but it also like by the end of it like you you're emotionally Engaged and invested in a really, really intense way.
0: Nice. I felt that way about uh, Limbo. I love Lim- oh, oh, Limbo. Oh, yeah, yeah. cool. Is really cool. Yeah, which is on the phone now. And then, really? did, you, yeah. did you play Sorcery?
3: No, Sorcery for the for iPad was really Oh, is that the one cool that it looks, uh, eight,
1: it looks eight eight bitty?
3: Is that the one though that like is all music cues? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have that on my phone, but I haven't. It's you really need fun. Like headphones it's, to play. It's right? it's
1: really fun. Oh neat. Yeah, it's yeah. You it's better to have headphones on right, because right. It, it, there
3: is this sort of like music experience.
0: Bit Trip Runner was like that, which is yeah. a downloadable. Uh, I
3: mean, that? that's the thing. All yeah. these like indie downloadable games, I think, are like incredibly.
0: Have you guys heard of Angry Birds? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that drives Chloe crazy so much when we're like we're in a store and there's like all these Angry Birds backpacks, and I go, "Hey, look, Angry Birds! You're a gamer." <laughs> She's like, "Shut <laughs> the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, honey! Angry Birds. Uh, yeah. do you want? Oh, <laughs> I'm a I'm an avid gamer. Angry Birds, Tetris, uh, Fruit Slicer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't want to shit on people who like casual gaming. There's nothing wrong with casual gaming. Yeah. Sudoku, Sudoku. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong you with Sudoku. That.
3: You need that shit. Like honestly, like Nintendo got so much shit for what they were doing with the Wii and all of that, but like it got so many people into gaming. Like yeah. when we were kids. The amount of people, like it was, it was unthinkable. Like the amount of people who just casually play games now. Like I don't even think it's a thing anymore. People are like, "Oh, do you play video games?" Like the majority of people, the majority of girls I know play some. They play. uh, Everyone
1: plays one type of thing or another.
3: And I personally. I don't like this whole like distinction of well you're not a
1: real like right. this whole fucking thing that we have to classify what other people are and yeah. do is such bullshit. Well, that's that, because
3: like ultimately the loudest voice on the internet is like racist 13-year-old kids, <laughs> right? And like that's a lot of gamers. So. <laughs> so, <yeah.
1: laughs> there is it is a bummer that I will say that it is a bummer that that a a small percentage of really loud voices have kind of cast a pallor over what really is, like, a nice community of people. Like, the gamer, you know, like... there are I think the majority of people are really cool, but it's just the loudest voices are oh, yeah. so fucking rotten. Well, yeah. yeah,
3: and when you, like, when you read those forums, like, on Kotaku or anything like that... I don't even it, know how it, you can. It, it makes me afraid when, <laughs> when, when I see... Because, like, I... Like I love the fact that they've built these communities for themselves, and like, like they have this this voice and this power that we didn't have when we were kids. But like, when you see those kids go off on people Ugh. and like collectively take people down, and the kids who also know how to like hack and things like that, that's horrifying. Will they take, will ruin your there's life. There's only yeah.
1: one thing that makes me feel okay about it, and and this may not be the case, but I try to tell myself, well, at least they're doing this to get out their aggressions instead of buying guns. You know what I mean? Like maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe in some small way. It's a little bit of a valve that lets off steam for them, as horrible as it is. Are you making valve jokes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll only make two, I'll never make three. Come on, that's a joke about
0: valve. I don't
1: know. Because they don't make a third of anything. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Half-Life 3 will come eventually. <laughs> well, let's see. Are you making the Half-Life 3 movie? No. Nope. Fuck!
0: <laughs> I told you, Dr. Mario. Damn it. It's Dr. It's Dr. Mario, we've been over <laughs> this. I told you, it's Jurassic Park, the video game, the movie. <laughs>
1: So, it's like the hunting
0: game? The yeah, 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 the yeah. Hunter That's game. the driving one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 the one that cost $4 to play. By oh, the way, when it came out. I fucking loved the E.T.
1: Atari game.
0: Did you ever play it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I loved it. I yeah. didn't care that
3: it was, you know, that you had to search for Reese's pieces. I thought it was. Yeah, but back in the day, like, we didn't know any better. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, oh, this is. there's so many Atari games that I had that were like. Crazy, like you—you you just moved a dot around. Yeah, <laughs> like half of those games I didn't even know how to play because, you'd like, you get the 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 cartridge, you didn't have an instruction manual. Like, it was just Superman like, Pitfall.
1: Those are my two faves. Those are my two faves. Pitfall, Solid. Super Superman was really awesome because you could figure out, you could get this visualization of what the game grid was, so you knew like if you went up, you went to this part of the city. If you went right. to the side, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just getting through all the shortcuts and trying to do it in under a minute.
0: I want, uh, I want the watch and play games to come back the Remember Nintendo those, ones those little like flip yeah, yeah the flip Nintendo ones they should I think they released those as like a special thing recently Really they should yeah. have them on the phone I do well, was Nintendo like, one uh, put was it in, was it in a a man man the manhole Oh yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah I think some I think some game companies really need to find a better balance between those cinematic scenes and gameplay Right because it just I do start to get a little bored sometimes where I just have to set the controller down and I mean I know I can skip through the scene but the first time right. you play it you're going to
3: you know Well there's also the the other weird thing that goes the other way is the scenes where you're sort of playing, but it's really just like a weird quick time event, you know? And it's like, yeah. it's really cool and cinematic, and like you're pressing a button here and there, so it gives the illusion that you're doing that's something. That's like the Telltale games. Yeah. Yeah, right, that's the, stuff. the Walking Dead video games. But even, but even like, uh, you know, the new Batman game has a bunch of stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, God, there was another game. Even some of the Resident Evil games have weird things like, that you're just like sort of playing, but not really playing. Yeah. So yeah, press press A if you want to give a nod. Press B if you want to just sigh. Well, there's some,
0: there there's there
1: some where it's sort of like it's almost like being on a roller coaster where it just it's dragging your character through something, and you can really just kind of look like yeah. up, down, left, right. right. You know, like you can sort of look around. But I think I think it's finding a better balance. Do you did you think that um, did did video games uh, influence the way that you direct? film in any way
3: well i mean sort of i mean i think video i also grew up loving anime and stuff so like you know just that eastern aesthetic and the way that you know they would shoot you know anime uh and uh and video games are pretty similar and like the way that stuff's choreographed and so yeah there's definitely that influence but like i don't i think there's like a general influence on my brain because of them but i don't know how much it influenced like my directing so yeah,
0: there is a uh, in Kings of Summer. There is a theme, you know, that is throughout. Like you said, you had a lot of eight bit music and some like of that. And um, there are moments that seem like a, like there's the fantasy sequence yeah. with uh,
3: Nick Offerman, yeah, and uh, the hero. Yeah, there's, uh, there's like there are like very specific like pixel like block pixel elements and things yeah. like that that very much are video gaming. But like that's more like a visual effect. I don't know yeah. if that's like I, yeah. we talked about this too when we did that Q and A. Also, <laughs> Jonah did. <laughs> one of the best Q&A's like I was just it's so tough releasing an indie movie so like I was just trying to do everything to get people out and like just asking all sorts of friends to come and do Q&A's and uh, <laughs> I had Jonah come and do a QA. and uh, a and it was me and all like the sort of comics of the movie like, like Kumail was there Thomas Middleditch was there yeah. uh, Eugene Cordero was there um, were the kids there? I think one of them yeah I think one yeah. of the kids was there And it was such a weird Q&A because a guy... It was great. It was really funny. We were all just joking around. Someone recently came up to me afterwards and was like, I was at that Q&A. It was really, really fun. Oh, great. But but it was great because, you know, his job is to just crack jokes and whatever. Some dude asks a question and Jonah just... Laughs in his face at his, at, his, at his question. And I'd be like, um. Oh, that's right. What was that thing? He asked, like, so. just a friend. He
0: doesn't speak for the movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he asked some, like, weird question that's, like, you know, not the type of question that you ask. Act- it was like he was asking about, like, symbolism or something like that. It was like, something really it was, like it could it have been super, asked for anything. There's something super specific about some type of symbolism in the movie. That's yeah. not good moderating, Jonah.
1: You have to make sure everyone feels comfortable and no one feels. <laughs>
3: Not my style, Frank. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. I remember there was. I was doing another thing. Was it someone that was saying like the, like. It was a question not it wasn't this question, but it felt like one of those questions I remember being like, it feels like the town is also a character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like one of those types of questions. Yeah,
3: he just laughed in his face. <laughs> <laughs> and, I just oh, and he was like no. there with his daughter. Or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't help it. I remember it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like a ha. ha I'm laughing. It was a I did bring the mic down as soon as I started laughing. Still sounds like it was a ha. ha yeah, It laughing. was definitely Yeah, was, yeah. yeah but I, anyway, when we were doing that. Um little girl your dad is dumb. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Come on <laughs> with is, me. is what you were It was a weird it was a weird feeling doing uh, the Q&A at uh, ArcLight uh seeing as how, you know, uh you used to it's work like there. 7 years ago I was introducing movies there. <laughs> um, and working there. Just trying to bring you back. Trying to bring you back. Uh but you talked about so how they're an emergency X yeah, in case there's a fire. <laughs> <laughs> your daughter's dumb too. Um, <laughs> but uh you were talking about like how there's, there's these kids playing Super Nintendo. Oh They're right, playing yeah. Street Fighter Two. Yeah, and you like realizing you had to teach these kids how to play a video game.
3: Nothing will make you feel older in your life than hanging out with a bunch of seventeen-year-old kids for a month of your life. Because <laughs> in the script it was written that they were playing a PS3 and they were playing uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter Four. And I was like, oh, I want them playing a Super Nintendo. Like I grew up on Street Fighter Two. I just aesthetically think that'll be fun. I remember and the kids hate me telling this story because they're like no that's not what happened but it's definitely what happened. Uh, but I handed them the Super Nintendo controllers and they both looked at me and they're like how do I use this? <laughs> <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah, yeah. It's insane thing. It's about. like that
0: scene in Back to the Future 2 where like they, like Elijah Wood doesn't know how to play that game. You have to use your hands. It's like a baby's,
1: like a baby's toy. toy.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh so they finally but did they master it in seconds? Yeah, they those kids just like because their brains more than ours are like re, rewired in this crazy way where yeah. like they just grow up playing Call of Duty and all that shit, so yeah. they just they pick up that shit. So and like playing
0: Street Fighter too, they got to Mike Tyson right away. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like? Did you like? The, did did you like the indie route, or would you?
1: If someone gave you like two hundred million dollars, would you prefer that? I mean, I know it sounds like a weird question, but I sometimes think that. Too much money is a, more of a burden than yeah being no, able and to
3: that's that's anymore. a weird thing that I'm like thinking about right now because the next couple of movies that I'm talking about and looking at are like big movies like you know I'm talking about this video game thing and like a big sci-fi thing as well from a book that I uh, grew up loving and uh, it's a weird thing to juggle you know because you 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 do get a lot more cooks in the kitchen like you you and you do have to answer to so many more people but I don't know to me I I just I want to read this needle of like the movies that I grew up on and the the movies that I think we grew up on and responded to are movies that like are big and crowd pleasing and accessible, but also like have thematic weight and characters that you care about and like a narrative that's unique and doesn't feel like you've seen it over and over again, action that's like inventive and reflects character, and I just I think we've gotten so far away from that, and so I would like to think that people are trying to like usher back in a new era of movies that like there isn't just this distinction between like Transformers and, like, a little art house movie. You right. know, like, there is a middle ground. Like, we've seen it. Like, you can make movies that are big. District but- 9. <laughs> District 9. You know, even, like, The Dark Knight is, like, a movie that has thematic weight that people talk about. You know, and, like, it resonated with people. Uh, but, no, like, look, and not to get too cheesy about it, but, like, I think that things generally can happen the way they happen. And, like, this is this was what happened for me. And I, you know, making indies is tough. Uh, but I wouldn't have changed it. Like, I loved... Big Beach, the guys that made Little Miss Sunshine, put the movie together, and they're amazing. And uh, the guy who wrote it, this guy Chris Galetta, like he was just like the perfect person to collaborate with on my first feature. And um, so no, like there's releasing indies is really difficult. It's it's like just a huge mind fuck uh, because you know like honestly making the movie that wasn't the weird part. Like you ask about like oh what's you know what's that leap like and that that was just like ideally like if you guys had to go and do some. Some weird gig that you've never done before. Movie
0: version of a podcast.
3: (laughs) No, but you guys have like, you guys have trained yourselves and we've trained ourselves well enough in whatever our craft is that ideally you can just like pick up and go into different things because you're using like the same core muscles. Like you're definitely stretching new muscles, but there's you know it, it's it's in the same world well it's it's, it's a calibration process
1: oh right. the, everything's a little bit Yeah
3: different. and and yeah you 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 eventually sort of learn and you you know you it's definitely going out into the dark and feeling it out but like when you get in theory good enough at something like you can pick up and go into that unknown and you know and execute that's your job um the mindfuck for me wasn't making it because like i said i was just so caught up in like trying to make something that was good that i was wasn't worrying about like what it all meant the mindfuck was like releasing it. That was the thing that um, no one really prepares you for, this idea of like, oh, suddenly everyone in the world is reviewing your movie, and what are they saying about it? And like anyone, like there was a point where, you know, for the first six months of the movie, any time it ever screened, I was there you know, and then just suddenly it's out in the wild and it's playing and, like, it's super cool. Like, someone tweeted a photo at me, like, uh, for Halloween of three kids dressed up as the three boys from my movie. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. And shit like that's just really cool and that's great and it's just, like, this thing that's out there now. But, like, just emotionally, I think that's a really weird process of, like, how do you let go of that? How do you you reconcile that? Because that's something that, like, I hadn't really dealt with before.
1: And also people, you also run the risk of... When you put something out, it's not yours anymore. And people will tell you, oh, this is – why did you do this? Oh, no, I didn't. That's not what I was trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you did this. No, that's what you think I did. But I think I did – but it's really – it's kind of not yours anymore. Because if everyone else is experiencing it, then they sort of take ownership over it.
0: Yeah, what was the thing you – it was on Yahoo Answers or Yahoo Questions or whatever?
3: I just – hold on. Let me bring it up. It was very funny. I get Google alerts about it. And um, hold on. I just – All right. Okay, Someone while you're posted for that I'm
1: gonna tickle Jonah. <laughs> 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 oh no! <laughs> oh no!
0: <laughs> oh! No. <laughs> um,
3: oh! 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 Are you guys okay? That's gross. That's what happens, Chris, and you know it. <laughs> That's what
1: happens when bodies start slapping. All right. So
3: I got a Google alert from Yahoo Answers. Someone posted an open question that said, "In the movie Kings of Summer (parentheses 2013)." Oh, this is a spoiler, too. Is there another Kings of Summer? I don't think so, but this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. But why does Kelly choose (laughs) to be with uh, Patrick instead of Joe? And then they say, do you think it had to do with how things are in real life? And can you please explain the whole point of the movie? What is it trying to say? And specifically, what is it trying to say at the scene at the end? Thanks for your answers in advance. <laughs> wow. I thought about just responding to this person's random Yahoo answer. You should.
1: That, you should. You'd get, the, uh, you'd get the top voted answer. Hey,
3: the what if I didn't, would... though? What if
1: I didn't? Uh, <laughs> that uh, been... uh, you have to go on and give a totally fucked up answer. And oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, from a friend of the director. Dude. <laughs> answer racing. Yeah. <laughs> you and a friend answer, and then whoever.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm it's killing that midnight mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: it's just weird though, because like there's a bunch of weird kind of like the, the with the movie I wanted to make a uh, we kind of pitched it as like a really dumb Terrence Malick movie, if that makes sense. Uh, like, what does it look like to combine really weird ethereal like impressionistic imagery with dick jokes and like mm-hmm. Offerman like alt comedy, and uh, and so there all is like this weird. Like, kind of lyrical element, and sometimes people's interpretation of what that stuff means is just bonkers. It's like, it's really fascinating to watch people be like, So, the um, I noticed you cut to the owl three times, and they was at this part of the movie, so that clearly meant this. And it's like, Whoa, oh, man, man. <laughs> I, I'm
0: not Kubra. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Whoa, that's weird. Sorry, I uh, I once uh, there was a my friend's band, they put out a record, and there was this one song that I I loved, and I was like, I know what the song's about. It's about us living on the street. It's about all of our friends and all the drugs and all the shit that was going down. And then I called him. I was like, I want to talk to you about the song. He said, oh, yeah, go for it. I was like, I think I have an idea of what it's about. Uh, he's like, well, how about you just tell me first? I was like, okay, <laughs> 10 minutes explaining what I think the song's about. Uh, and uh, he's like, no, 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 it's about uh, Nancy Reagan on Speed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's what's, that's what's interesting. is that There is that sort of like social Rorschach test where – People will all of a sudden bring their all of their right. own stuff to something
0: like Kirk Cobain lyrics. Everyone right. projected yeah. what they thought right. he was talking about. He was like, yeah, it rhymed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is it is that there is that and but I think that is very interesting because a lot of times I think even you as the as the creator of something are probably expressing things that you don't realize. Right. So that everything is kind of weirdly, even if it's subconsciously intentional. And then people will pick up on that, even right. if you don't pick up on that. So like, you know, the Al thing, maybe there is a weird thing that you didn't that you didn't know about. Maybe the town is a character.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> LA plays itself.
3: Now I'm just uh, going I mean, to do go you into guys my get that though with, with your stand up? Like me. or is that
0: like, Oh, yeah, yeah. I got like a crazy letter from a dude after my half hour special. I think I read it on the this podcast. Remember like that Facebook message I got from that dude who just was just like, Yeah, hey, I, I saw your comedy special and uh, I I didn't think I was going to like it because honestly I hate hipsters uh But it was, uh, but it was really funny, and then he goes on to just uh, say, "I totally connected with your material," and then he goes and starts talking about how he's cheating on his wife. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For this. It's just the worst, the fucking, the worst letter I had ever received. And like, uh, it's like he's very, he's talking very violently about women and cheating, and how it's like it's his right to be able to do so, and all this. Yeah, oh, it's always so weird, so fuck, so fucked. And well, so that, uh, that is what you were trying to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> I have like you know, I, like, I have a whole the whole bit about like uh, like you know not being able to you know I was living with a girl we weren't having sex and and like he's like I totally know what it's like to live with a girl not get laid you know I have a wife and she's 40 and that pussy's tore up and I'm fucking this other girl on the side 22 no kids and then he repeats himself 22 no kids with exclamation points and at the very end of it he's like he's like "Uh, but I uh, but like uh, I really feel you with the material Um, you know I'm going through a lot of the same stuff you're doing I just turned 30 and to be honest it felt like watching myself do comedy (laughs) and then I uh, shot myself in the head
1: (laughs) and that's the Story when Jonah died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I'm just a g- 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 ghost now. know <laughs> like you're you, a holographic. Uh, yes. I hope that guy listens to this podcast and tracks you down. I hope so too. And you guys become best friends. I, and I then bet it's yeah, a yeah, buddy yeah. cop. Hey, sounds yeah. like you'd be a real great wingman I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> you're both married.
0: <laughs> What's up, girl? 22, no kids. I'm in. Yo. Wait, did you
3: say 22, no kids, or 22, no kids?
0: <laughs> <laughs> shit is tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's. Um, yeah. I mean, a, do you get that shit? No, no, actually, I get really nice people who – the the majority of of responses that I get from people are, I was having a rough time and, you know, you guys are positive on the podcast and you do what you guys did. You follow the things that you cared about and so it inspired me to follow the thing that I care about and now I'm doing this thing or – I'm about to start following a thing, but I'm nervous or, you know, I'm thinking about quitting drinking. What should I do? I mean, you know, mine are, mine are really sweet and, and, <laughs> and kind of advicey and sort of, you know, and so I, I like that. Cause I, that, right. that, that, that's when I, you know, not, not like, you know, we're not, we're not curing the world of anything. So I'm not, I don't want to sound self important, but that's when I sort of feel like, Oh, there is actually something to this. Like to know that, that we could do something or something that we say or some, or just a, a behavior pattern that we have, could somehow someone could take a piece of that and that would make their life better. Right. That to me is really fun cuz that's what, you know, that's what other people did for me or like our trainer Tom who's yeah. like I've taken a lot of nuggets of wisdom from him and it's and it has positively affected my life. So if we, you know, if we can if that happens for people, that makes me very happy. Right. Um and so that's those are the majority of e- emails that I that I get from people. So I don't I don't really get a lot of like Oh, I bet your skin would feel good over my skin. Like I don't get, any weird, I don't get anything weird like that. No, because you have a filter, thankfully. <laughs> but I really don't. Like I really, I see the email. You know, I, yeah. I see as many. No, I'm not as I saying can. that I
0: don't get like nice stuff. Like
1: that. I know you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody on the uh, comment thread for one of the recent podcasts said because uh, I've been doing a lot of interviews alone because you've been out of town and Matt's yeah. been working, and someone was like. Man, I just want to hear a podcast with either you know with Just Matt or Jonah. And I was like, well, then you're in luck. There's Jonah Radio and, and, and bonding
0: with it. <laughs> play all three at the same time, and you'll get your nerdest episode. I will. Oh, we should make like a Zarika, you know, that flaming lips, or it's like it's you like, layered. Yeah, you, Layer just, them all. you play them all at the same time. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Wait a minute. I
1: know technically how we could accomplish that. I know how we could accomplish that.
0: Let's talk about it. Right now, no, because our friends. I want to. I want to yeah. hear oh, about. Yeah. Hang okay. on,
1: Jordan. <laughs> oh, Jordan.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I know how we could accomplish something weird like that. It's like we're recording one, and then we go let's let's finish this conversation on another podcast. The other podcast starts where
3: the other one left off. No, I think, oh, you, sh- I think you should. So I layer. think you should layer them. All. Yeah, <laughs> no, you don't. should give them a common start point. Yeah, and then I don't know how you guys talk over each other, but that's that's way more. It's a like, lot. Uh,
1: here's here's what we
0: would do. <laughs>
3: we, we would have to go into a Thank studio, God. and we would have to all three be ISO'd. And then
1: we would have our conversation. Isoed. Uh, like isosceles. Oh, I Iso- have to be isosceles isolated. triangles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, with 45 degree angles. Um, and so we would. Uh, <laughs> We're going to flat land over here. Sorry. <laughs> 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 and then so we would uh, all be isolated. And we would have to be very careful not to talk over each other too much. And then you would, I, I would take my conversation and let someone else react off of that and then make that a separate recording and yours a separate recording and Matt's a separate recording so that then you would pull them all together and then
3: you could hear where you, they all... You'd have to let them know the exact time that they can respond in. Right. You know, they'd have to
1: know. They'd have to have
3: a, like a countdown, a shot yeah. clock.
1: Yeah, they would have to... I mean, it's, you could engineer it. You could definitely it engineer it. It could be it. Pretty insane. <laughs> it would be insane. <laughs> it could be done. And It will. sounds like the... <laughs> Well, it sounds like this video <laughs> game ben- movie you're working on. What's that called? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: That's that gotcha journalism that he's known for. That gotcha podcast. on, on <laughs> uh,
3: We'll yeah. see. We'll see if that even happens. Who knows? Um, yeah, guys. It's a, it's a thing. It's you called... Dun, 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 dun. No? <laughs> it's not called that? Gex the movie starring Dana Gould. Yo. Oh, Gex. That was the shit. I love that whole era of those video games of like those forgotten Panasonic 3DO man. But just all those weird mascots that they tried to make happen. Yeah. Like Gex was a thing and then Boogerman. Bonk, bonk. Bonk from uh, that was Neo Geo. Pandemonium. Pandemonium with Greg
1: Poops. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Greg um, Poops and yeah, Pandemonium. Yeah.
3: yeah. Twisted. It's just a different different era. Yeah. Everyone just had a weird like 3D platforming mascot. Yeah. Gex was great though.
1: So now that now that uh, Kings of Summer is out. On, I mean, like, uh, do you do you find that you think about it a little bit less and less every day because you've moved, like, it's just already out there,
3: and it's... Uh, yeah, you know, it's always going to be something that's there, I think. But it's it's been nice sort of officially putting a pin in it with, like, the, the DVD release and all of that. Um, that was when I was able to finally sort of let go. And, like, honestly, I gained a lot of respect for just a lot of friends of mine who are actors or comedians. Cause like during the releasing process, I was the guy who had to go on the road and just like live out of hotels and like, you and know, you were going nuts. Yeah. I was yeah. going crazy. I was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <Just laughs> devoured by mattress monsters. Yeah. yeah. Basically it was, it was uh, pretty horrifying. So oh, what, uh, sorry.
0: Um, I want, can you tell the story about Sundance real quick? How you, how you sold it? Which part of it? With the, just the, uh, the, the fur coat.
3: It's <laughs> not how I sold it. But,
0: uh, <laughs> no, but that was part. That was wait a minute. So hang on hang on hang, a... on. hang on. hang on. Hang on. I laugh in your face. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't say that's how you sold it. I said, but that was a that was a fun story when you went up there and the entire time you were wearing
3: like. All right. A so line. yeah. So uh, it I, I, when I When I stopped. When I when I wrapped the movie, I stopped shaving. I was like, you know what? I don't have the mental capacity to take care of myself, so shaving's going out the window. <laughs> Wait a minute! And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had really given up. No, yeah. So I, so I not shaving like a, is a symbol of that. So I had like a six eight inch beard at that point, and I told my mom, I was like, I'm gonna shave before Sundance. It's fine. I'm gonna my hair was really long too. I'm gonna cut my hair, and then I was just editing we were i was like working on the movie until the day i got on a plane like i i traveled with the print which was just absolutely mind-numbing uh and so i was planning on cleaning myself up and instead i was like you know what what you see is what you get this is me right now so you all get to see it and i uh my family business back in the day was a fur business even though i'm a vegetarian that was like my dad my dad has since gone crazy and become a. Uh, massage therapist and into crystals, but that was his, uh, that was his business back in the day.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, he before,
1: weird. he would massage the fur off of animals' bodies. Yeah, yeah that's how
3: they get it. They just yeah. have to loosen them up, and then they You should they do a show about that uh, called Breaking Weird.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just,
3: Is that where Weird Al starts making meth to finance right, yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to wear this fur coat. Um, and so I had some family members send me this like full-length, fox fur coat like head to toe and I was going to wear it for like a day uh, and and then I just realized it was hilarious so I wore it the entire time and all the kids were like you know all those kids are like my little brothers and so they they like they then went and, went and got fur coats so we were all just like walking <laughs> <down>. <laughs> we were all just walking down Sunday, or like the the main street in Sundance, in this fur, and I was just like waiting for someone to splash paint on me or something (laughs) so I could just like beat the shit out of them and have that be the story. Like, filmmaker arrested.
0: What's funny uh, though is that, you know, as you know, I follow some of the blogs during Sundance to see what was happening, and like everyone kept on mentioning the fur coat you were wearing. Well, it like it
3: took on a life of its own, and to the point where like when we sold our movie in the Hollywood Reporter write up. The, it said something stupid like Jordan Vogue Roberts uh, hard to miss with this, like cutting a swath through town in his full length fur coat with a posse it's like, it's like two friends with me and like it really just did 10 but if you're all wearing fur coats it's a posse they weren't they were gone at that point. So it was just it was just me and the fur and then some other friends who like me worked and the on fur. the movie. The me. first days yeah. you go No, but it, it I, I, I can see your five o'clock shadow. You're I, I suspect that
1: you that you that every piece gets full of beard, right? Oh, yeah. No, it was it was like that it beard. It's
0: like was, Mike Rosenstein. Yeah, it yeah, was. It was yeah. Oh,
3: I mean, okay, it was bigger than Mike Rosenstein. Whoa!
0: Oh. 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 Shots fired. <laughs> Who had the bigger beard? <laughs> yeah. It's your call Rosenstein.
3: <laughs>
1: Balls in your. Beard's in your card, Beard.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, but it just. And then it just became this thing where I was just walking around. I was like the scummiest looking dude. I just wore v-necks with nothing else but a fur coat. Well, you probably just look like a hipster to people. They're probably just like, oh, look at that hipster. Yeah, well, and part. so I've subsequently met all of these people. I just thought it was a funny thing. And then I've subsequently met all of these people at meetings and stuff. I afterwards and they're like so what was the deal and they oh, like, just, <laughs> like, like it's a thing so many people just hated me apparently like who's this fucking asshole
0: <laughs> so
3: yeah it was uh, it was a thing Sorry. but see aren't you glad I so, brought it up
0: Chris it was a, it was an, it was a good
1: story it yeah. ended up in a good story
0: good, good glad I despite t- your
1: efforts Jonah. what were we talking about <laughs> 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 I was about to ask you just sort of in closing like what what it was that you learned what it was that you took away after this process that you're going to take into the next movie. Which
3: was called what?
2: I'm going to get it.
3: Um, honestly, the thing... like Filmmaking is not easy, like I said. And like I said, I also don't think it needs to be fun all the time. I think especially in comedy, people get really caught up in this idea of uh, it being a fun set and a really laughy set. And I think you, like, you're like you losing sight of the fact that like it doesn't have... Like an emotional arc, or like it's not actually funny. People are just on set being like, "Ha ha, these people are great," and um, and it's just it's tough. Like it, it, everything always goes wrong on movies, you know. Like, and you don't have enough time or money ever, uh, especially with indies. And so, for me, I think the thing is just really kind of saying like, you have to love it, you know. Like, you have to love, and like, you know, as as we all get older and we all get choosier about our projects, like you have to, cho- you you have to love it. If you don't love it, then you're just going to be miserable, you know? And, like, there's also a quality ceiling. Like, if you go into something being like, oh, yeah, I, I can make this better, I can make this good, then you're fucked in already, you know? Like, I think a lot of things just have a built-in quality ceiling where it can only get that good. And so, like, you just have to, you know, I was really fortunate where I a really fantastic script came my way. And uh, it was something that, like, when I read that script, I just had this reaction of being like, not only do I want to do this movie and I can do this movie, but, like, I need to do this movie. And, like, I just, I I wanted to walk away from it if I lost it knowing that someone else beat me out of merit, you know? And so I just put together this gigantic book and, uh, and a bunch of videos and just, like, I just I went all out.
1: And oh, so, so you really, oh, and that's an interesting thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that, because uh, it is, it can be a risk uh, if you go in and kind of, oh, well, I'd probably do this or this or this, then it doesn't really give a strong idea. Right. Like, they need to know that you're in control. But also when you get that detailed, you also
3: run the risk of them going, oh, no, this isn't at all what we were... <laughs> yeah, no, it's tricky. But, like, yeah, I think you just got to stick to your guns and, like, what you, you would know, actually. ideally you're all... In the, like, in theory, they're hiring you because what I've learned about that process is it's... I think it's a process of, A, communicating that you want to collaborate and, you know, really just together make the best thing. Because, you know, you were asking about, like, you know juggling being political and juggling all these things and like look like great studio executives and and great uh producers are there for a reason like they know their shit and i was really fortunate to work with really great producers who never gave me notes you're like really like they just for the most part really gave you notes like we're always about character and like making something solid so i was really fortunate but it's this process when in a movie is ultimately i think a process of convincing them that you understand the material better than anyone better than themselves, you know, that you are the guy to shepherd this thing. And that's a really tricky thing. And like, honestly, in a weird way, that's a good my my stance on that stuff is like, yeah, you risk the you risk potentially being too specific. But I think that's okay. Because if you care about it, like you should just want to do your version and if like if that's not the version they want to make then you're already just going to get into trouble you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah no I, 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 so, totally I totally agree with that i totally agree with that and so like you just gotta you know like on these things that i'm talking about right now i, I also feel really fortunate because i'm talking to people that i do think are really really smart and understand these properties uh, uh, you know really well and it it just it gets dicey when you start working with those people. It's like, you know, stuff that we've done where it's like, yeah. Oh, you don't understand this at all. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and then that and then you're just miserable. You're pulling your hair out. You yeah, know? yeah, that's that's what I mean at a certain point
1: when I would audition for hosting stuff, I would I would always kind of I would make it my own, right, because I knew that if I got hired that's what I would do. Right. And if I got hired under false pretenses, then I wouldn't have anyone to blame but myself. If I was like, "Oh, but I don't really want to do it that way," right? And they'd be like, "Yeah, well, it's too fucking bad." You, you know. <laughs> right. So I get, I would give them as you know, I would give them the choice, which I think is a courtesy to them, knowing like this is what it would be like. Yeah. So they can decide. Well, we want to do this, or we don't want to do this. Yeah, I
3: just think you got to go in and you got to be honest about it. You know what I mean? So
1: do you feel so having this really strong point of view? Do you feel confident enough right now that if you know if someone gave you this a huge movie and they're like, and here's Anthony Hopkins and all these huge actors do you feel confident enough and comfortable enough that if they said, if they tested your boundaries or tested your, you know, if they said, no, we don't think it should be done this way, do you feel like, would you feel confident enough, you know, faced with something like that to be like, nope, we're doing it my way. How, how do you deal with...
3: Well, I think that that's, I mean, it depends how intense it is, right? Like, if it really is like, we don't want this version, then like, clearly I shouldn't be on that project. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, but there's weird gray areas. Like, you do. there are, actors that you can work with and people who like want to take control of something and like there's a difference between I I just like I was saying I think that as long as you respect the people you're really working with and you like you really think that everyone just has the best interest of the project in their mind when they're like going after I get in trouble all the time because I you know, I'll fight for stuff. Like, I will push hard on stuff, but that's just because that's what I think it is. And, like, I'm going to plead my case until I I no longer have to plead my case until someone tells me to shut up or fuck off or whatever, (laughs) you know? But, like, I feel like that's my job is to, like, stand my ground and and to explain why. And if ultimately that's not what's best for it, then that's fine and we move on. But, like... You know, in the meantime, I'm not just going to be really wishy-washy about it. like, well, we can maybe do it this way. Yeah, then you're then you. Yeah, you know, and so I don't know. Like, look, it, it is, it is. A, I have a lot of weird friends right now who are making these these big leaps. Like my buddy is doing Jurassic Park Four, you know, and like he's going into that world. And like, I don't know. To me, like I said, the movies that I want to make are movies that I think are big and crowd pleasing. And like, r- the hardest part of releasing indies is like. There are, I I would say, a lot of people listening to your podcast have probably never even heard of my movie. You know what I mean? And it's tough to make enough noise with an indie to get people to even register that shit. And so, and that's a really tough fight. It's tough to make something that people respond well to and then just have difficulty even having people know about it. You know, and that's why I was really thankful to all my friends to, like, you know, you guys to just be tweeting about it and, like, helping spread the word, and that was a huge thing. And so... I would much rather go and try and work in the studio system now with people that I love and respect and also think are really smart because you know at least the distribution mechanism is there where they know how to then put that out in front of millions and millions of people. Um, but like as far as the bridge of like, I would just like to think that That specific example that you're citing, like of being like, well, we're not going to do it this way. Like, you know, hopefully things aren't that cut and dry. Like, it's just, you know, I, I just view it as a big collaboration. Like, especially in the development process. So, you know, ideally, it's about assembling the right team and figuring that out. And like, if shit hits the fan after that, then you know, you stand your ground. But you know, it's look when there's when there's like hundreds of millions of dollars at play, like. People are allowed to have an opinion. (laughs) I mean, like,
1: well, I was just thinking about what you said about indies and how, you know, even 20 years ago, the downside was, oh, well, how do you find the platform to distribute these so that you can raise awareness? And now, you know, you have the access to the world in your pocket. Right. But it's a noise factor. It's like, so there was definitely a paradigm shift, but it almost feels lateral in the sense that. Well, now there's fucking everything's out everywhere. Yeah. You get
3: you have access to everything, but everything is making noise. You yeah. know what I mean? And so just breaking through that is so difficult. Like, yeah, the ease of now downloading my movie, like, you could do that right now. You could download it on your phone. But knowing what it is, and also I think there's this big thing in general that, like, is happening where, and, you know, the FAA right now is repealing the, the, the laws that, like, you can't use your phone. Right. And, which is amazing. It's great that we're doing that. But what that does is, and I've talked about this a lot to a lot of friends because I'm fascinated by it, that makes movie going one of the only experiences in modern life where you're not supposed to use your phone. Oh, yeah. If you take your phone out during a meeting or during dinner, right. it's fine. Like, that's now, like, that wasn't socially acceptable five years ago. That's acceptable now. Yeah. And stand-up, too. You really yeah. shouldn't do it when you're really yeah. stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> but like, in a movie, like, everyone knows that's wrong. People still do it. But, like, you're really a dick if you're doing doing that. And it really is this experience that's saying, like, don't do that. And imagine if every time you watched a Netflix movie or a YouTube video, if you had to watch the whole thing. You know, (laughs) if you were committed to it, that's crazy. You know, like, we're being trained to not have that attention span anymore. So, like, not only is the experience of going to a movie more expensive and inconvenient, you're being bombarded with ads and all of this stuff, but it also just doesn't fit into the paradigm of, like, modern living anymore. like And I, that's that sucks, because I got into this business because I fell in love with going to a movie theater and, like, mm-hmm. seeing something on a screen and just, like, being transported to another place. And so, yeah. you know, it's out there, but we still, like, we're, we're not putting value on the experience anymore.
0: I hate, uh, you know, being on Twitter and seeing people, like, tweet about a movie, and then uh, they'll tweet another, like, oh. a, another tweet, like, a few minutes later, and you realize they're currently watching that movie. Yeah. It's like, uh, watching Kings of Summer, really loving yeah. it. Whoa, the part with Kings yeah. of Summer where it's yeah. like, wait, what? You're not watching yeah. it then.
3: Well, it's great. Yeah, I, I read tweets all the time. It's like, I'm 10 minutes into this movie, and I love it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. great. I'm glad you love it. Put, put your put fucking phone down. Phone down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll put it down right now. No, stop answering. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
3: sorry, I answered. <laughs> hey, minute 30, doing I, I great. I legitimately, one of my, uh, this like blew my mind. One of my best friends, when we had our premiere back in Michigan, where I'm from, his mom came to the movie. And during the movie, she texted him, "I love this movie right now." Uh, and then she texted me, and I was like, "Great, I'm glad." But seriously, put your phone down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there needs to be a weird, and that you know, it's not possible, but like a weird block, like a thing that would, won't make electronics work. Electromagnetic pulse. Yeah, and just fucking kill everyone's phone. It's the last. Yeah. Uh, that's the last ever on the Nebuchadnezzar,
3: but, just uh, <laughs> flying through the bowels of <laughs> Earth. After we scorched the sun to protect us from the machines, of course. Yeah. Uh, Totally random. This has been bugging me for a long time. <laughs> I don't know why I'm bringing Is it about the sentinels. That? No, it's about the Matrix. Yeah, uh, it's always bothered me in that movie that they talk about the uh, the sentinels, and they're like, "It's a killing mis- machine designed for one thing." <laughs> search and destroy. <laughs> that's two things. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's always been a really big bummer for me. In that's the first so design for tricks. one thing:
1: search, open up, yeah. find <laughs> bodies, <laughs> fly destroy them, clean, do any cleanup that yeah, might yeah. have
0: to happen. Yeah, yeah.
3: Then take the ship yeah. and use all its component. Parts all right, so it's yeah, like seven. It's a killing machine designed for seven things. Yeah, one yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, it's more just just one to one machine. That just does a bunch of Those stuff. Are process, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Those are just steps in a yeah. process, bro. Those are just steps in a process. I'm being Tank right now. Those are just steps in a process, <laughs> yeah. bro. Oh, hey, bro, I want to be Tank. Bro, uh, come on, bro. Yeah. No, I'm Tank, bro. <laughs>
3: no one's ever I'm, been like, we're playing Matrix, I want to be
1: Tank. I'm tank. <laughs> 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 no, fucking, you, can, you have to be Neo. <laughs> bro, I'm sick of being Neo. <laughs> oh, um,
0: man. As long as I can still be the uh, Oracle.
3: <laughs> hey, you think that's air breathing? What? What? <laughs> um, uh yeah, well good matrix bits, guys. <laughs> 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 nope. Uh, nope. Uh yeah, no, but it is it is a weird thing. I um I just think we're like taking the the weight of the movie experience weight. Like even, you know, like Blockbuster I just I just went on this Twitter rant about this Blockbuster closed all of its stores. And look, Blockbuster had at the end of the day sucked. They fucked their business up. Like they put they they really Weren't smart about how they did things But I really miss just the experience of going to a video store yeah. You know, like there's nothing like I, I just want to bring the weight and importance back to Movies, you know, like when you were a kid and you were going through the aisles of a video store Like it just felt so big. You saw all those well like, for, box art covers Yeah, unfortunately so,
1: everything is just very, is very disposable right now, right. So it doesn't like Music, movies, videos, television—it's all very disposable because we can have it whenever we want, and so it's—and—and
3: and you can always pick it up right. later. And but know. I'm sure you guys run into this. Like, I had like dear childhood friends, or even like a family that has not seen my movie yet, and it's like, do you know how hard it is to make a movie and get to this point? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll you get watch, to it. Watch it's my on movie. Demand. And like, I'm sure you have friends and people that are like, yeah, I'll watch your special sometime. You know, and it's like, yeah, my best friend like didn't watch
0: it for like a month. My half hour special. I was like, I've known you since I was five years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: so I know what you're like. I don't need
0: to see it. It's on on the internet. I've seen your
3: 15 minutes on the Oracle. God. Jesus Christ. You
0: stutter then, too? Oh,
1: yeah, you do one thing search and destroy my interest in seeing anything you do. All right. Well, Jordan, uh, congratulations on the movie, and I'm very excited to find out whatever this
3: next thing is. And um, yeah, uh, if if it happens, we'll see. But Mm -hmm. uh, other good things coming up, we'll see.
1: And come back when you're an even bigger director. Hey, Hey. mom boner, mom boner, (laughs) let your mother know. (laughs) Come on. What are you getting up? I got a cramp. You got a cramp?
0: Yeah. Oh boy, squat it out.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. There it is. It's the best part of the podcast. Oh, to yeah, squat end. it up. Ooh, I'm legitimately psyched that you can touch your shoulder again. I don't have yeah, any. Yeah, exactly. I don't have any guilt anymore. I do
0: all kinds of stuff now, bro. <laughs> Strong core. <laughs> my arm was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that break was a character. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Enjoy your uh,
1: burrito. Yeah, you. And here comes the phone. <laughs> I had to check my phone, bro. I did not even bring my phone to this podcast. John, you know how you feel about that? I did not even bring it.
0: You didn't bring your phone. I did not even bring it. That's weird. You me probably see. just minds racing the entire time. Let me see your phone for a second. Hold on. I just got. a... <laughs> I just got.
1: <laughs> it's fucking threw his phone across the room.
0: <laughs> He's going to get
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could take a picture of this but I left my phone in my room
0: (laughs) Jonah did a full a full athletic squat to pick up his phone good work good work Jonah you know how many jobs you could fire me from
1: (laughs) just the one just the one just the one 70%
0: 70% off Louis Vuitton, Hermes, Gucci, Prada, YSL, and more designer handbags. Thanksgiving savings at eluxury.cc. It's, That's the... It's Hermes, man. Okay. Can you throw this away? <laughs> <laughs> it's audio. <What? laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> you, taught, you said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here comes
1: the squat.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
1: All right. All right.
2: Now leaving, Nerdist.com.
3: Enjoy your burrito. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's the competition show.
1: From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have
0: scoured the
1: earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window.